Peter, a topic today that, um, well, should be interesting to many of us. <laughs> a touch, touch contentious and it's um, coffee, friend or foe. And it's time for Health and Wellbeing on 2NURFM with Peter Mullen. And, well, yes, I'm sure you've got our attention as we sip our coffee over lunch, Peter. <laughs> well, look, it's one of those. We were just talking in the, the while well, that song was playing about how when you hear a song it takes you back straight away to, you know, memories of when you were younger and you heard that song. And, you know, having a cup of coffee, as you're saying, listening to music, they're sort of, they trigger Trigger memories, don't they? they Trigger experiences do. and, and mm. feelings. Um, so coffee, remember, I remember when I was young, there, there weren't coffee shops around. Like quite literally, you could drink coffee, but the only coffee you could drink was instant coffee. Well, just quietly, there wasn't much real coffee around either. <laughs> no, there wasn't, was there? It was all like um, dehydrated instant coffee that a you'd make up was. a cup of coffee at home. But the idea of going to a coffee shop it just wasn't in our culture back then, was no, it? No, it didn't. Didn't, didn't work until later when the migrants came in from southern Europe and brought good versions of coffee. Yeah, and then you think about yeah. how much coffee is available. Everywhere you go, there's a coffee shop or a pop-up pop up coffee shop, coffee yeah. shop, <laughs> Try et cetera. Try saying that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so, you know, and some people out there today might already be on their second or third cup of coffee. So I thought today we'd talk about the pros and cons of coffee. Yep. And um, I'll Good give idea. you my opinion at the end for what it's worth of what I think is a good way to go about it. So whether you love an extra extra hot double shot soy latte or an instant brew, you know, the chances for most people is that coffee is part of um, our daily routine. Um, more than a quarter of Australians say they can't survive the day without a coffee. And, um, and our love affair is starting younger and younger. And that's one of the things I did want to touch a bit later on is how how young is too young to be drinking coffee. Uh, that's a good idea. Yes. Um, so coffee's been sown. So starting with the positives, um, most obvious health benefit and reason most people drink coffee is they want that increased sense of energy. Mm-hmm. It is a tr- bit tricky because it's a bit of a false sense. Coffee, caffeine stimulates the release of adrenaline. So it's kind of increasing your nervous energy. Um, but some studies have shown it actually may increase your metabolism from that point of view as well. So there are, are definitely some benefits. Um, can improve concentration and learning. Um, and many studies have shown that coffee may have many health benefits, including reduced risk of cardiovascular disease, including heart attack, heart failure, and stroke. What? Drinking um, a coffee can help you avoid those things. Yep. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. Um, reducing the risk of Parkinson's disease, type 2 diabetes, liver disease, uterine and liver cancer, depression, cirrhosis, and even gout. Yeah. Um, coffee also contains antioxidants. So again, we'll go into what's the right type of coffee if you're going to be looking for these health benefits as we go. Um, Has been shown to be beneficial for weight loss. Um, One study I came across suggested if you, um, when you train, if you train fasted, if you go to the gym in the morning and you don't eat before you go, have a coffee. If you drink coffee, have a coffee before you train because you will get that increased hit of energy that will help you train more effectively. Even harder. Gets the muscles going more, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, but don't drink the coffee after you've trained because caffeine may interfere with what the muscles are trying to do with their repair after the fact. So that was just an interesting suggestion that if you want to use coffee from an energy point of view and to have a better workout, have it fasted before you train. 
Okay, and then uh, see the better results. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not next week, but maybe in a few weeks' time, we'd say. Yes, that's probably right. Uh, So uh, diabetes as well is one of the ones that it may have benefits. Yeah, it seems it may help with insulin resistance and insulin sensitivity, Mm -hmm. help your insulin to work a bit more effectively. Okay. Um, but we'll get on to the negatives in a minute. But it's actually shown that it can decrease your appetite. So some people will have a coffee rather than have have morning tea, say. Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, it's probably a good thing for some people. that will help you lose a bit of weight. Help you to you not... consume less calories. Yes. And yes. we're probably not talking here about a coffee that's made on milk. Yes. You okay. know, we're talking about black coffee maybe with just a dash of something to take the bitterness out. But... Oh, it's not always bitter, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> or just having like a black coffee is probably the better option altogether, actually. Yeah. Um, so, and some, and even to boost your metabolic rate by three to eleven percent. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's have a look at. So the they're negatives. the positives. They're the positives. That's good, and we'll take a look at the negatives. And health and well-being. And naturopath Peter Mullen is with us today. Uh, coffee is the subject. Uh, do you have any information there peter on how coffee came about or what it is actually well history of coffee before we get into the cons so to speak um, coffee is a centuries old drink prepared from roasted coffee beans which are the seeds of the coffee coffee fruit from the coffee plant and records show that coffee has been enjoyed for over 500 years um, dating back to the 15th century when it was first drunk by people living in Yemen during religious ceremonies. Um, According to traditional Chinese medicine, coffee is thought to have medicinal properties, and I would agree with this. Coffee definitely stimulates the liver. Um, In some people, it can help to regulate menstruation um, and purges, this is old text, but purges the gallbladder to protect against gallstone formation. So that is a really interesting concept because so many people we see these days have gallstones um from a naturopathic point of view we talk a lot about the liver and the liver as being like a filter <clears throat> when you're 20 pardon me when you're 20 it's like someone's giving you this brand new pool filter for your pool and it doesn't matter what you throw into the swimming pool the next day it's all beautiful and clean um from our point of view as we get older the liver can become a bit more overloaded with toxins and stress and just life and as we get older it may not filter things as well so one of the signs for me that someone's liver is under stress is that as a youngster, you might have been able to drink three or four coffees a day. But now, if you, even if you have one, you feel a bit jittery or jangly after. So it's, I would always say when we talk about topics like coffee, you know, there's pros and cons, but it always comes back to a matter of listening to your own body. And if coffee over-revs you, um, and we're going to look at some of the cons now. But if coffee over-revs over you, then it's probably not a great thing for you. And it may be an in- indicative that your liver is under stress or it's not filtering as well as it used to. Mm, so what are the reasons not to drink coffee? All right. Number one, coffee is fairly acidic and it can add or increase acid stress on the body. Caffeine generally is a diuretic. So this is just an old terminology, but if you drink a cup of coffee, you're going to wee out a cup and a third of water. Oh, so something extra that's so, from the body, yeah. Yeah, you're, going to, you're actually going to dehydrate yourself if you drink too much coffee. Um, coffee, because it is puts an acid stress on the body, means that the body then has to buffer that with pulling minerals such as magnesium 
and calcium. So magnesium from the muscles, calcium from your bones. So coffee does increase your loss of ca- of calcium. So it can increase your risk of osteoporosis if you're already predisposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people that get restless legs and muscle cramps, drinking too much coffee every day may actually increase the loss of magnesium and then you're going to get symptoms of magnesium deficiency which can be um, one of my favorites or it can be leg cramps restless legs or one of my favorite signs of a magnesium deficiency is if the bottom eyelid twitches you know sometimes you can feel like mm. a flicker so that to me is a sign of, of um, stress but also that you're low in magnesium particularly if maybe you're drinking too much coffee um, if you suffer from anxiety mm. again we relate anxiety from a naturopathic point of view as well as to the brain and the neurotransmitters. We also relate that back to the liver as well. Mm-hmm. So someone that's suffering from anxiety, we recommend they get onto a diet that takes all stress off their liver. A lot of people with um, anxiety will find that coffee will irritate their liver but also increase their anxiety as well. Um, coffee, not great if someone's suffering has a hiatus hernia or suffering from reflux. Yes. Coffee also not good if someone's getting hot flushes. Hot drinks sometimes for some women with hot flushes can be enough to trigger a hot flush and the caffeine can be enough to trigger a hot flush as well through the connection with triggering the adrenals. Um, I've had patients that have migraine that if they feel a migraine coming on, they can nip it in the bud if they have a cup of coffee and I've had patients that find if they have coffee that can trigger a migraine. So again, relates back to the person and back to the liver. Um, sleep disturbance is probably one of the m- biggest problems I'm seeing these days. And it's probably be- the best known effect of coffee. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <you> <laughs> caffeine, caffeine has a half-life of six hours. So say you have a cup of coffee at breakfast. Six hours later, you may still have, depending on your liver clearance of caffeine, half a cup, half of the amount of caffeine in your bloodstream. So say then you've also had a coffee at morning tea. Mm. Six hours after that, you've still got half that caffeine in your bloodstream. And say if you have one more after lunch... You're going to bed with at least the equivalent of as if you just had a cup of coffee and gone to bed. So for people that have um, elevated levels of cortisol, high levels of stress, if you're going to drink coffee and if you're having sleep problems, particularly if you are going to drink coffee, um, you're definitely better off to drink it with your breakfast, but no later than 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Otherwise, it has that cumulative effect the more that you have. That's when you have your three, your third cup of coffee, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, no, you try and have your first cup of coffee, be, first and only. Right. That okay. might give you a clue Four of ten. where we're headed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, in some people, while in Chinese medicine, um, when you have coffee, it can cause the gallbladder to dump all the bile out, which will flush out any toxins, etc., or early stage gallstones. For some people, it can irritate the gallbladder if they're already at a point where their gallbladder is congested. Um, and the other, the other final one there is where you get your coffee beans from. Coffee grown out of Australia, we have no control over the pesticides or the chemicals. Mm-hmm. Coffee plantations, the soils and the plants have been grown for hundreds of years. So any chemical contaminant from back in the days when we used really nasty chemicals is still going to be in the soil. It's still going to get in your plants. They're still going to be using chemicals these days that maybe we don't use in Australia. So I would always try and buy organically grown Australian coffee or certified organic coffee from around the world because you don't want it contaminated with those pesticides. Health and well-being. And Peter Mullen, we're talking about coffee. Um, 
So are there some of us who perhaps shouldn't drink coffee? Well, look, just definitely some of the um, cases I spoke about before, if you're struggling with reflux, if you've got a um, sensitive liver, if you find it upsets your sleep, I always recommend to people, it's kind of funny, like the few times I don't drink coffee now, I still drink tea, but um, I found myself whenever I've gone off coffee for, for two weeks, the first few days I always get a bit of a headache. But I always find by about day, day three or day five, I actually do feel calmer and clearer in my head for not having the coffee. So it's an interesting experience. If you want to know want to know whether coffee is good for you or not, go off it and then just see whether you feel better for it. And whether you go back on it or not, it's up to you. But You've it's worthwhile it a... exercise to see whether how good it is. And, and you then, need to give it a few days. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you do. Most people will get that withdrawal sort of a headache and yeah. cranky and tired. and mm-hmm. You don't always realize how much you're using coffee as a stimulant. Um, so that can be the other side of things. So um, importantly too, if if you're pregnant or trying to fall pregnant, some research suggests that one to, even one to two coffees a day can interfere with your ability to fall pregnant and also breastfeeding as well. Coffee is very well excreted from the body, so it will come through to breast milk. So if you'd want to have a baby that can <laughs> not stay awake all night with coffee overstimulation, definitely That's don't do. drink coffee <laughs> okay. and breastfeed. Yeah. Um, and new research also too, how young is too young? So new research is suggesting that about 15% of Australian teenagers regularly drink coffee, plus they've got all the caffeinated energy drinks on the market, um, soft drinks that are caffeinated as well. So it's important, I think, to understand or think about the effects of caffeine or, caffeine or coffee on kids. So caffeine is a stimulated, stimulant, increases alertness by binding to the adenosine receptors in your brain. Um, and sort of can stop you from feeling tired. So sleep, and you know, one of the big issues I'm seeing with a lot of our teenagers is they have these shocking sleep patterns anyway, where they stay up too late of a night time and then they're so exhausted the next day and it causes, and, and I think that's now linking into anxiety and low mood as well. So sleep is the most critical thing for a teenager's brain. So if they're consuming two, so coffee has two negative effects on teenagers. It can interfere with their sleep patterns that are already potentially dodgy because of the way computer games yes. and Facebook and all those sorts of things. But it also can affect their appetite as well, So, which may mean that you know they'll drink coffee rather than eat, and that leads to a whole host of issues nutritionally and eating mm. issues, etc. So I would definitely think that you know that teenagers really shouldn't be drinking coffee until they're you know, 16, 17, 18, and, and even then occasionally, not in that adult habit of, you know, two to three cups a day just to survive. Mm. 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 So, so mm. my opinion? Yes, your the verdict. Opinion. Let's have it. <laughs> so in my opinion, coffee is fine for your health as long as you can keep your habit in check, and I'd recommend no more than one to two cups of coffee a day and try and have it maybe before 10. Mm-hmm. Um Try and enjoy organic, freshly ground coffee. So remember, you're better off to buy your organic beans and then grind them yourself mm-hmm. because ground beans like ground nuts will go rancid because of the oils and the fats. So if you're going to drink coffee, you want to get the organic, fresh, whole beans, keep them in the fridge and just grind it. You know, maybe grind enough for a week at least. That's what you do. You said you grind your yes, own indeed. beans. Yes, indeed. Yep. Yes, we grind them as we use them. Uh, drink your coffee before midday. I'd say even before 10 o'clock if it. Does it interfere with your sleep? Keep it black. 
Um, adding milk can interfere with your body's absorption of beneficial compounds, while adding sugar can increase your risk of insulin resistance. So, oh, now just think don't of all have... these baristas with their wonderful <laughs> art of creating beautiful patterns in the milk. Well, like if you're trying to lose weight as well, like I always think of milk as being half protein, half sugar. So, if you're having a coffee every day made on milk, that can be enough just to stop you getting into fat burning because of that sugar in the milk. Mm. Um, and you know, always a bit of a fan of trying to avoid too much dairy. If you want to do, if you want to add a dash of something, try maybe one of the dairy-free alternatives like almond milk or soy milk or um, you know a healthy soy milk or rice milk or coconut milk or something mm. like that. So, are there any alternatives if we want to have a drink, but um, we we don't feel we should be drinking coffee? Well, one of one of my favourite alternatives to coffee is Ruibos tea, uh-huh. which is red bush tea from South Africa, and it still has a slight zing to it. It's a nice full body flavour tea that makes you feel like you're having something. Uh, you can get chicory coffee brewed from chicory root, dandelion coffee made from dandelion root. I don't mind a dandy a dandy chai occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, the new kid on the block is mushroom coffee. Oh, so it's um, okay. dehydrated mushrooms in the, in the style of a coffee. Um, tea, green, black, white, uh, or alternative, you know, the old turmeric latte, which is basically, you know, your preference of milk with turmeric powder in it. But it doesn't blow too many whistles for me, that one. And kombucha, just as having a nice, cool, refreshing drink. So. Oh, Plenty of alternatives, Lots Jane. Of, yeah, we'll and have to go good old-fashioned water. And water is always good, isn't it? Thank you, Peter Mullen. My pleasure. Health and well-being for today. Next week we're talking about anxiety, yeah? Anxiety, yeah, next yeah, week. we'll go there. Enjoy your coffee while you digest <laughs> While you, while you can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.